Hello, hello, and welcome to the Next Level Loan Officers Podcast, the number one podcast for loan officers by loan officers with real originators in the trenches, just like you every single day. If they can go there, how come I can't go there? Well, you can't. Like if you don't water your plants, you don't have future crops. You can't feed your family. You can't make a living. This is watering your crops. You have to find your community and you have to dig in. If it wasn't for you guys, I can tell you, probably my trajectory would have been a completely different one. We'll see you on the next Next Level Loan Officers podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Next Level Loan Officers podcast. Uh, my name is Shane Kibble, one of the founders and coaches here at Next Level. And man, we got a good one today. Yeah, many people, nearly everyone I talk to wants more leads. In fact, I don't know anyone who doesn't want more leads, especially in a market like today. And they, they want to have a done-for-you system. They want to be able to click an easy button and have those leads. And so they want to buy leads. But... You know, we get called all the time on leads and the misnomers. There's a lot of myth. There's a lot of um, misstated facts from the lead industry about what you can convert at, where you can buy your leads and all things online leads. And so I went out and found a guy whose filter was broke and uh, <laughs> was going to give us nothing but the truth. Uh, the unfiltered version, the almost got you kicked off Twitter version. And uh, we've got the guy. The man, the myth, the legend, Luke Shankula. My man, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, excited to sort of dive into this topic. It's something I'm passionate about. And if you've seen any of my social media posts at any point in the last few few years, uh, you know that I talk about calling the leads a lot. So I'm excited to dive in, man. Uh, I don't know exactly where you want me to go with that, but but I, I got a, a plethora of ways we can take dude, this. Dude, just like this is oftentimes our podcast is a car rolling down a hill with no brakes. Sweet. So that's where we are, man. So like, yeah, just, I mean, you, you've been on all sides of the mortgage, like fence, I guess I would say. And there's more than two sides. You've been an, an account executive. You've been an originator. You uh, now own and operate and run and advertise um, a company that's generating paid lead traffic. And sure. it's one of those things where, you know, in the last season, Everyone just said, hey, man, I just want to like, I don't have time to buy. I don't need to buy online leads, right? right like, I got right. my database and yeah, I mean, leads are falling out of the trees because not because of us, almost in spite of us, right? right? Because the, the, the skills needed to be a top originator, a well-balanced mortgage athlete, we're not, we're, we're not being like really honed in the last season. We just, it was a refi boom and it was great. And so now we're here and we have always preached inside of Next Level and I have just personally having multiple streams of of revenue and that right. comes from different types of lead sources whether that's your sure. past client database your referral partners mainly real estate agents online leads niche non-qm and so i think it's really important that people understand like what they're getting into the truth behind it you know and because again like you've said this i don't know hundreds of times it's it's typically not the lead's fault that it doesn't convert yeah. It's the Most person the managing, it's the person buying them. It's it's the wrong expectation. So just give us a little bit of a background on where you've been, how you got here, and then let's just dive right into all things online paid leads. Sure, man. So so yeah, I mean, I've been doing this for what now about six years doing paid ads uh, for loan officers, helping them grow their business. We, I've done stuff in other niches as well, but for the last uh, four years, I've just been strictly with loan officers. And one of the things that I have found over the years is 
so many loan officers are looking for like a uh, like a lead, a magical lead source in the sky that like pumps out referral quality leads, right? And, and unfortunately, there's no such thing as referral quality leads when it comes from something like an online lead source. Referrals are warm. Referrals come with borrowed trust. And by that definition, you're never going to find a lead that's warmer than a referral lead. Referral leads are the best. I'm by no means saying anything against referral leads. I love referral leads. I think it's the best way you should build your business. And it's a foundational part of your business. That being said, so many times people think that they can approach online leads the way they approach referrals. And they think that, hey, you know what? If I buy a bunch of leads, it'll magically turn into money. Here's the problem though, right? If you put a bunch of leads into a broken system, you're just going to get broken results, right? So, so by, by thinking that you can pay some money because you're paying money, you just deserve to have closed loans. That's just not how this works, right? And so uh, what I've found over the years is a couple things, right? One, lead quality is, is fairly subjective, if you talk to some of the, the sharks out there, the guys that have done lead gen, consumer direct people, they've worked everything, right? Trigger leads, um, you know, uh, probably HUD, HUD leads, you know, things like that, US, US HUD leads, things like that, right? They've worked all types of different leads. And obviously there is really a range in quality, but I've heard of people converting anything, right? There, there's people that can convert any lead that, that gets in front of them. And really it comes down to process. Process from contact to... Um, to sales process, to define next steps, to getting them into contract, to getting docs back. Those are all bottlenecks in a process that when what works for referrals is not going to work for leads, right? And so we can get deep into any of those subjects, but typically the main bottleneck is calling the leads, right? Like the main bottleneck that most people have is they think that they can call someone twice. And if they don't answer after two calls, that that's, that's a bad lead. Those are tire kickers, right? So that's the biggest sort of misconception. And it's interesting because, you know, talking with some of my friends, even in this space that are top producers, they're calling the referral lead seven times before they give up. But yet most loan officers are calling internet leads twice and giving up. And I just, I don't even want to talk about what they're doing with the referrals. Because if you're only calling twice from a referral who's warm and wants to talk to you, like that blows my mind. Like you're probably leaving thousands, if not hundreds of thousands yeah. of money on the table every single year. So, so, so Luke, let me ask you. So when it comes to online leads, you know, you've mentioned calling the lead, like that's obviously the, like, from what I understand, the number one way to convert a lead. Sure. You know, what, what a lot of LOs want to do is they want to take the path of least resistance, which means that they would like, they, they would like to be let down gently. So sure. what do they do? They do email campaigns, texting campaigns, video campaigns, everything but calling a lead sure. because when you call a lead, they can say, don't ever call me again. Right. You know, I, I didn't sign up for this. And that's that rejection. So from what I'm understanding, phone call is still the number one way to convert these, right? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's all of the above, I okay. say. In my opinion, it's all of the above. It's texting, it's emailing, it's voicemail drops, it's videos. If you can do videos, that's, that's obviously going to be good. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, our sales mechanism as salespeople is the phone, right? So a yeah. text message is selling a phone conversation. An email is selling a phone conversation. We're not, our job with those mediums is not to sell someone on our thing. The yeah. goal with those conversations is to start a conversation, get them to the point where they feel uh, like they trust us enough where they're willing to jump on a phone call. 
And then that's where us as salespeople get to do our best work over the phone, right? You get to pick up the phone and you follow a specific process and you, and you turn them into an application and things like that, right? And there's some other you know, nuances there as well. But that's the main thing is people are trying to sell via text and email. And you see, I see this all the time. I check CRMs. There's massive, massive text messages. The other thing to remember is these mediums, like you can't communicate via text the way you communicate via email. These are two separate mediums. You have to think about how do I communicate via text on a daily basis with my friend? Short, punchy, like, you, you know, sometimes you abbreviate things. Like Emojis you have to think about the same each thing. other. <laughs> 100%, 100%. Yeah. So people don't think about it that way. And they're like, oh, I need to sell this person right now. And it's like, no, confirm some information. How long have you been in the market? Where are you looking? What's going on? How's your family? Whatever, right? Like, you know, whatever questions you want to ask. But it always comes down to like, we're starting a conversation and we're trying to gain trust. Because again, Referrals come with borrowed trust. The person that's referring to them, they have imparted partial trust because the person that they're referring trusts them, right? So you are literally receiving borrowed trust. You you can just be like semi-competent in this conversation and you're going to get the deal. You don't have to be good, right? But when it comes to internet leads or leads in general, like you actually have to be good at sales, right? You actually have to understand what it takes to, to have a sales conversation and to take someone from cold it's closed. It's not the same process. So again, I, I, you could fumble it. You could fumble yeah. everything in a, in a referral process. As long as you sound competent to them, they're going to work with you because you have that trust. So, so it, maybe what oftentimes happens is we've, as an industry, built up this false confidence Huge. because we like we close a referral lead and we go, well, my process, I call them once, I send one email, that's the way I do it. And if they don't right. like it, I don't work with them and look right. how successful I am in the last season, yes. we, take, we equate that as like, this is the gold standard when the reality is it's not the gold standard. We're just lucky to get by because referral partners and all the work we do with them, it's kind of almost like we're like grandfathered into getting that deal because of previous effort, not what we're currently doing with that person. It's, it's, it's the difference between sales and relationship building. Most yeah. loan officers are fantastic at building relationships. No offense, most people are not great at sales. And I, what I mean by sales is like, literally taking someone who's cold, who doesn't know who you are, who doesn't trust you, no like or trust, any of that thing, and turning them into a deal. That takes another level of sales because you have to create trust and you have to hold a different frame in terms of the conversation. You actually have to be the expert. And if you can't establish the expert frame and they take over the, the conversation, you're going to lose the sale. If you're asking the wrong questions, if you're asking them in the wrong way, if you sound like you're interrogating them, if you're not following the process every single time, that's another problem because how do you have KPIs around your conversion if you literally have a different conversation yeah. every single time you have a phone call. So those are all things, again, people don't think about when they're like, oh, I'm going to buy some leads. It's going to turn into a million dollars. It's like, well, it can. There's a reason why Rocket Mortgage, Veterans United, these companies that are spending millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars on direct-to-consumer advertising are some of the top dogs in the industry. It's not because lead generation doesn't work. It's because they have perfected the process that it takes to convert leads. So again, so many times, I mean, I was just talking about this uh, before we got on the air, but you know, loan officers, a lot of times will be like, oh, I worked with this company. I worked with Zillow and Zillow sucked. And I worked with this other company and they sucked. And I worked with this company and they sucked. I'm like, all right, dude, you work with three or four or five agencies and all of them suck. Not a single one of them has gotten you good leads. Come on, man. Like at some point you have to start pointing the finger back at yourself and say, hey, maybe I have to change the way that I approach these leads. Again, I know filter broken, whatever you want to say, but uh, well, I just, and, it's truth. And, and I think also too, we need to actually redefine what it, 
the definition of a good lead. Right. So, so just take a little bit of time here and kind of walk us through resetting the expectation. What is a good lead? Like how quickly should they convert? What's the percentage? Like, again, if you took your ideal client and, and they said, Hey Luke, I'm going to give you, I got an unlimited budget. You tell me what will work. I need to close 10 units a month. I need to do, I'll do the system the exact way you want. Like what, what's an ideal lead and what's the flow for that? Uh, well, so in my opinion, a bad lead is bad information, right? Okay. Bad email, bad, bad phone number. That's really a bad, that's a, the definition of a bad lead. Another definition of a bad lead could be someone that's like, you know, maybe they, the, someone was advertising something like a giveaway or some crap like that that's not related to the thing. But if they have the intent to buy and, and they want the thing you offer, that to me is a good lead. Whether they qualify or not are, are two separate things. Irrelevant. So again, yeah. so again like they want like this magical qualified pipeline of people that just comes in that's ready to buy. That is a referral. If you want to work referrals, then just continue to work referrals. Stop buying leads. If you think that that's what's going to happen when you buy leads, it's never going to happen. I'm sorry. Uh, you have to treat these a different way. The average conversion, if you talk about industry average, 1% to 3%. Most of these call centers, you know, it depends on if it's refi or purchase. Refis are going to convert at a higher percentage. Obviously, in a market like we're in, they're not. But in, in a general market, you know, refis can convert 10, 10%, stuff like that, right? Because again, they already are qualified. Yeah. You know, if you can get them a lower rate, it's pretty easy. When it comes to purchase, three to five percent ballers, right? Those people are, are, are crushing it. Five to ten percent, basically unheard of, right? So for every hundred leads you get, you're, you're maybe going to convert three to five. And again, this this is kind of more like short term, six six to six to twelve month range, right? There's there's people that are still following up with leads two, three, four, five years old that are converting leads. Those typically don't get considered into that sort of a conversion process, right? And again, if you're not calling the leads, if you're not following a good process, if you're not uh, getting them with the right real estate agent that, get, get, that can get them into contract, if you're not asking for docs back, if you're not pulling credit on the phone, or at least asking to be able to pull credit, you don't necessarily have to pull it right there on the phone. But if you're not asking for date of birth and social on the call, what's got them committed to you? Nothing. Why should they yeah. work with you? <laughs> Nothing. So, okay. So talk, talk me through a couple more things here because I'm a lead novice. I'm, sure. a, I'm a, I'm a relationship referral partner expert and an elite novice. Like probably most are right. Right. Of course. So, so the expectation needs to be six to 12 months minimum. Six to 12 months. Well, really four to between four and six months is when your deals are going to start closing. Cause you got to think okay. about this from the perspective of like even referrals, especially in this market are probably taking 90 to 180 days from pre-approval to close. Yeah. Right. And we're not talking, we're not talking like, cause we're talking getting the contract. Like most of the time people are like, I close a deal in 30 days. I'm like, yeah, you close a deal from contract to close in 30 days. Anybody can do that. But we're not, we're actually not thinking about what is the actual buyer's journey across the entire uh, realm of time. Like most of the time, people that are looking to start buying start looking to buy six to 24 months before they're wanting to buy. They start going to Zillow, they talk to their parents, they talk to their friends. Maybe they're, you know, maybe their coworker just bought a house. Oh man, maybe I should buy a house too. So they start to do that research. And, and the truth is, real estate agents, for the most part, are used to that nurture process, right? They are doing a lot of that work that loan officers don't understand is happening in the background. They're nurturing them. They may be sitting around 6, 12 months. They're getting lists. Uh, what do they call the, the, the list reports or the, the listings are getting sent to them. Um, you know, things like that. They're being nurtured over time. And so when they get to you, they've been nurtured for 6, 12, 24 months even. 
And loan officers just don't understand that that is the, the real buyer's journey. So understanding the buyer's journey will really shift the way you think about it. And then also from another perspective is, I, I see consumer direct as like 10 to 30% of your business max, but it's a form of leverage, right? It's a way for you to get in front of the consumer. You can then get it, you know, you can send it out to your referral partners. And then we also think about lifetime value. It's not something that most loan officers are thinking about either. Like think about lifetime value. You acquire someone for, let's just say $10,000. But what if you had five or six transactions over the lifetime of this person? So whatever, it costs you $5,000 to acquire them, but you made 50,000. If you start thinking long-term, I'm going to retain this person. I'm building a pipeline. I'm building a, 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 a book of business. Um, it's funny. I was actually just uh, going through the, a podcast with Todd Duncan. He was talking about, you know, you could build a million dollar a year business just working your, your book of business if you do it the right way. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting because it's online leads is it's all these technologies and tools and systems and scripts and CRMs. But the reality is it's actually what you've talked about is a lot of mindset. Mostly. Like long, long play versus short play, investing in something that you're not going to see a return on right now. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think what happens is, and, and then add in social media and you get these, these, these social media <laughs> self-proclaimed icons, right? People who are right. experts and they're not. And so they'll jump in and, and, you know, I'll jump on innocent, naive Shane and say, Hey, looking to start doing online leads would love your mm -hmm. feedback. And these social media, quote unquote, experts that tried and failed after three months because they weren't committed to the process. They say, oh, online leads are terrible. Yep. They never convert. Oh, that technology doesn't work. And you go, oh, that's, that's weird. I got a really good buddy who's been really successful, but I guess it doesn't work. Right. So I think it's really important to understand that the, there's a mindset thing here that's true just in sales in general that a lot of us forgot because it was so freaking easy in the last market cycle. Six to 12 months. In fact, I know a guy who buys penny leads. Right. And these leads are the ones that were rejected or somebody else quit on. Yep. And they resold the lead for like seven cents. They might've bought it for two bucks or five bucks a lead. It didn't convert. And so he buys them for like seven cents a lead, knowing that it's 24 months, 36 months, 40 months. He really doesn't care because he gets it. That's, that's a long right. play. And right. to your right. other point, it's not his entire business model. He's got like things that are brewing right now. It's like if you run a restaurant, you're constantly cooking things at different temperatures right. because you have different courses coming out. And you're not bringing the fifth course out at the same time as the first course. You turn down that heat a little bit. That might be a little slower burn. Talk through some kind of best practices for people who want to jump in and like things that like they, they absolutely need to do. Talk about like how long you should be willing to commit to your, you know, your, your investment, how often you should be getting in front of people and things like that from what you've seen that works. Sure. Uh, so a couple things. Uh, first, I, first I don't want to take your secret sauce. No, so. I don't care. Okay. I don't care. There's no secret sauce. You just got to work, to be honest. Like most people just aren't willing to do the work that's required. And they're looking for something that like, you know, I, and I've heard this multiple times. I just want something that can get me some couple more loans a month, just automated. Doesn't exist. I'm sorry, it doesn't exist. Uh, and if that's well, what it does, you're if looking you want to go work for Quicken, <laughs> but even like, then, like you realize, Quicken, those guys yeah, are working sixty to eighty hour weeks. Yes, they're slave driving over there, right? Like yes. our, our director of training that works with us, he calls it the dark place because it was such a. But, but at the same time, like he learned core skills, and I think Consumer Direct. I know people like to tra talk trash about you know uh, uh, call center LOs or just headset jockeys, like. I'm sorry to most LOs out there. They would sell the crap 
out of all of you guys, every single one of you guys that talks crap about them, would they would sell the lights out above you. And and I, I no offense. Again, yeah. there, there's there's just a whole different skill set. And again, just like you became a loan officer, you didn't think you were going to become a good loan officer in 90 days. So how do you expect to buy leads and in 90 days learn a new skill set, which is learning how to convert online leads in 90 days? Like that just doesn't doesn't make any sense. Right? Like this takes time. Like you have to understand that it's a different process. You have to fundamentally change the way you do business. And it's okay if that's not something you want to do. If you have call reluctance, if you're not willing to pick up the phone six to twelve times to 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 call them, if you're not will, try, if you're not willing to call them within sixty to sixty seconds to five minutes, if you're not willing to do those things, it's totally okay. Just don't buy leads. All right, so so I'm going to cut you off here. So you just said a couple of tips. So be willing to call the lead. You said sixty seconds to five minutes. Yeah. There's, what are what are a couple other things that the guys and gals out there that are really doing well with this, like you see, they constantly do. So, so there is a uh, a study that was done that calling someone within five minutes versus thirty minutes is a hundred times greater chance of getting a hold of them. Right? We see it all the time people calling twenty four or forty eight hours, sometimes never calling the leads, sometimes only responding to the people that respond to automations, and they're like, I didn't close any deals. Like you have 350 leads and you didn't call a single one of them. Like yeah. how do you expect that's going to work? Like you can't do that with referrals. Why would you do that with with online leads? Like it's a anyway. Sorry. I'm over here ranting. But but the, the, <laughs> the biggest things are calling quickly. Okay. Obviously leads come in overnight. You can't always call them right away. That's why there's automation. Automation is there to start conversations, it's not there to convert. They start the conversation, you get right in there. You 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 would be shocked the amount of times we see people not respond to text messages for hours, five, six, seven, 10 hours, 12 hours, or never at all. Like these people are literally raise their hand saying, I'm interested. Now they've actually responded to you saying, I'm interested. And you're still not calling them. And then you wonder why they don't convert, right? And, and I, I'll just tell a story about myself. I, um, I was gonna get, I don't remember what it was, carpet cleaning or some sort of cleaning service. And I called the place. They took me to voicemail. I said, hey, we'll call you back in a little bit. I said, okay, I waited you know, five, 10 minutes. Nothing. So I went on the next listing and I called them. They answered the phone. I booked my appointment. They called me like two hours later. And I said, sorry, I already booked an appointment with someone else. She didn't try to sell me. She was like, oh, well, you know what we could do? Da, 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 da. Nothing. Just okay. Click. Do you know how many millions of dollars that company's missing out? Because one, they're not answering the phone. And two, they, don't, they haven't learned how to handle objections. That's not someone that's not interested. I was a buyer. I bought. Yeah. Actually, it was a refrigerator repair. I ended up buying and the people were more sketchy. I swear these people had much better reviews than the people that I ended up working with. And, and that's no different because we having a lot of reviews is like having referrals that were coming in during a, a really easy right. season. Right. And so it's like, you're kind of, you're living in that, that previous environment saying, well, I don't really need to do the fun or I don't need to refine these skills. And I think that that's super important. So we talked about quick to respond, yeah. having nurture campaigns through text right? That are, again, they're not converting the lead. It's like they're warming up or keeping right. that lead warm enough so that when you call them, they're, they're like, they're, they're at least willing to have a conversation. Right. Having that long-term mindset versus a short-term six to 12 months or more in some cases. And then it really, it goes back to what I call it salesmanship, but it's how do you handle objections? What's your value proposition? What questions are you asking people? Um, and, and how are you, and, and I, I'm going to be speaking at a conference talking about three things and all three are relevant here, your impact, your intentions and your authenticity, right? Like I don't want to work with a robot. 
Like if I called somebody and like, and they're like, Hey, super sorry. I didn't call you back uh, four minutes ago. I have a two-year-old, my two-year-old's, you know, crazy. She's running all over the place. Right. I instantly like that person more. Right. Cool. Not a call center. That's a person. That's a human. That's a dad. That's a mom, right? The intent. What are you intending to get out of these conversations? Are, like if you're calling the person and you know that they're six to 12 months down the road, the intent isn't to convert them to doing an app necessarily today. The it intent is. is, right? Well, it is. It, it is. Okay, if we get so them on, tell me more get, on this. If we get him on the call. So here's the thing. Like we're the experts, right? So like, here's the thing. Like, yes, some people are going to be six or 12 months out and they, they probably aren't going to pick up the phone until they're ready. Right. So that's, that's kind of what I was okay, talking so about. Okay. So can we pause months. then and go back yeah. to that? So, so, sure. cause again, I, I'm not an expert on this. So you're sure. saying that like you're texting, you're emailing, you're calling, they're not picking up, they're not picking up, they're not picking up. How many times are you typically, like, are you calling once a month? Are you calling yeah, once a after, week? After the, uh, so, so the first like week, you know, we, we recommend six minimum times, but six okay. plus times, right? Six to okay. 12 times. So nearly every center. day you're calling that first week. Yeah. So the first okay. day we typically recommend, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with, but doing either a, a, a double tap or a triple tap on the first call, right? So you do, we call the bulldog call where you just double tap, triple tap. So you just call, they don't answer, you hang up, you call right back. They don't answer you, you hang up, call right back. A lot of times they'll pick okay. up on the second or third time. Um, because they're like, oh man, this must be serious because they're calling me multiple times. On the third time or the second time, you leave a voicemail, move on, right? You call them one more time that day if you can. Uh, and then, you know, basically once a day for the next couple of days, right? Maybe okay. twice for a couple of those days. It depends on how you want to do your cadence. Um, some people are more aggressive. We just typically say, hey, you know what? The quicker you can get to them, the, the less time you actually have to spend following up because the quicker you can contact them, now you don't have to do six or 12 touches. Maybe you only have to do one to two touches because you've got them the instant they came in, right when they're hot, right when they're ready to move forward. Um, and then again, I mean, if they get on the call and they're like, oh, I'm six to 12 months out or I have a lease, just get around it, right? Like, oh, cool. So like, when does your lease expire? Oh, well, you know, actually, do you know if there's any way that you can get out of a lease? If, if there was a, if, so if we were to find you, and then again, this is later in the conversation, but if we were able to find you a home at the price that you need, how soon would you want to move forward? Most of the time, they're going to say now, right? So, so let Instead me, of saying, so, what's your timeline? Because if you say, what's your timeline? Yeah, they're going to say six to 12 months. Yeah. So, but that's so, because we haven't engaged the emotional trigger. Like, if we could find you the house with the right payment, when do you want to move? Today. Great. Awesome. So, you so don't what have to I'm hearing is months. if they're picking up that phone, they are ready to buy. It's, it, it, it's your job like to either win or lose that deal. Because if they're picking up the phone, that is them like raising the flag of, I am as long open. As they're qualified. Yeah, that's saying I'm ready to roll. Okay, and that's, yeah, that's, yeah. As long that's as good to know. As long as they're qualified, right? So like, again, yes. what, I'm, I, what I'm not saying is push someone into a product they shouldn't be in. Uh, what I'm not saying is, you know, put someone in a bad situation. I'm not saying, you know, sell someone that, that really needs, you know, maybe they should get their credit up 30, 40, 50 points. What I'm saying is, you're the expert. You understand the, the, the huge value in the mortgage in, in, in buying a home and you know what the cost of waiting is, right? So so show them. Like show them why they should they don't know anything about the mortgage transaction. So why are we assuming that the, that the the consumer knows best? The consumer does not know best. So if you've understood that they qualify monetarily, they have the, the credit, they have the income, it's your dude. Do you think Rocket Mortgage is gonna be like, oh sure, go sit, go wait six to twelve months? No, nah, they're going to freaking take an application on the phone in the first seven minutes. They're going to make sure that they get with a real estate agent. They're going to make sure that they get docs uploaded 
maybe even that same day, maybe even while they're on that first phone call, and they're going to put two points in origination on the back end. So as a loan officer, if you believe your service is actually better for them than Rocket Mortgage or Veterans United or Navy Federal, like what the hell are you doing? Like you need to care about your consumer. And if you don't care and you want to be an advisor, like that's BS. I'm sorry, because that just means you don't care. and You're not willing to, to stand for what you believe in and you're not willing to, 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 to sell them into what they should be doing. Well, Again, this is not saying you put them in a bad situation. Yeah. This and, is and ethical I think, sales. I think there's a counter argument that it's not that they don't care. It's that they're insecure of in course. their own value. Of course. Right. Of course. And so like we have many people who they do care now. Of course. I agree. They, I agree. But they, but they don't care enough to perfect their craft. Right. Or they're more apt to avoid the pain. Sure. Than they are to uh, like go towards like the refinement and doing those things. It's no different mm-hmm. than sports, right? Those right. who are willing to say, "Hey, I'm not great today, but I will be. I'm going back to the gym." Those are the ones that are going to win. Yep. Those are like, "I I just want to avoid that. I'll do the bare minimum." They're not going to win. Right. Like they can get by on their skill alone through high school. Yep. They're not becoming college athletes. They're not becoming pro athletes. Just no different than this market. This is a pro athlete market right now. Right. If you're not a pro athlete, you're not winning in this market. Whereas. You could be a great high school athlete in the refi boom, and you'd look like you were a pro athlete, and you just really weren't. So I love that. Okay, so we talked about a double tap, triple tap. That's new. It's a new term for me. We talked yeah. about like once a day, more or less, for the first week, and then after that, once a month, phone calls. Well, so for, so depends, right? So it's typically like six to twelve touches in the first week. Uh, okay. That doesn't include. The, the, also, you have automation running in the background. After okay, so that, that's six to call, twelve non-automated, right? Like that's, that's organic. Six to 12 okay, calls, plus calls. automation. Okay, plus automation that's going out there trying to get them. Again, these people ask for information, right? I'm assuming that we're not just cold calling a list out of the book. If you're doing that out of, that's probably not okay. Uh, but these are people that literally raise their hand. The stuff we generate is twelve to fifteen pieces of information. You don't accidentally fill in a questionnaire with twelve to fifteen pieces of information and aren't interested. Yeah. Sorry, that's BS. It's a fear-based response that is called a brush-off objection or a spokescreen objection. Okay, that's so hold on. That... So I'm sorry, I'm, I'm interrupting a lot. This is really good. interesting. You just said so your funnel that you like that you b- believe in, you've refined over years. You said it's 12 to 15 pieces of information. Yeah. So it's yeah. not the autofill Facebook form. Nope. nope. Okay, so that's so that's another thing that's really important for somebody brand new to online lead gen is you're asking for a lot upfront. So the so the the assumption then is. They actually are like to your point earlier, and again, we probably should have gone to that point at the beginning. Right, right. These are people who have spent a, a decent amount of time answering questions. Like yes. if they're un if they're if they're unaware that they filled out a mortgage form, it would be nearly impossible. Right. Okay, that's interesting. Pretty much. That's pretty pretty much. Well, and so and so here's and here's the the theory behind it, not the theory, but the actual practicality of it is like. When I first got started, I thought loan officers need more leads, right? So I did generate those short form name, email, phone number leads. Great, cool. Realized pretty quickly people didn't convert those well. Those, again, like you said, people are still buying aged leads. They're buying uh, those types of leads, name, email, phone number, and they're converting. It's probably going to be like a half a percent conversion, but you're also going to get them at a considerably less cost. Yeah, it's a numbers game for these guys. Right. So, so, so cost per acquisition starts to decrease. That being said, there is also an opportunity cost in, in, in doing those. So unless you have like a call center team that's going to be dialing those, it's making, you know, small, you know, basically getting paid on, on appointments and stuff like that, you're better served filtering more. And because here's what we're doing with the filtering is we're creating friction in the process. The more friction you create in the process, the higher levels of intent there is, right? Because they've then sat through and they filled out all this information. We also 
uh, segment uh, credit. So like 620 and below, less than 5,000 in down payment and less than 50,000 in income go into a different pipeline altogether. So we're going to say, focus on the people that are most likely to qualify. And, Again, that's, are and those are a part of your 12 to 15 question Correct. up front. Okay. Correct. Credit score, things like that. It's self, self-reported. So, you know, 620 and below is probably going to be, you know, 580 and below, right? Uh, if we're just being, if we're just being honest. But again, I mean, those are, those are all things. They've filled this information in and they're requesting information, right? So again, the, the first thing that, that people that aren't used to these types of leads is they said they're not interested. This is a bad lead. No, this is a fear-based response. They don't want to be sold. What happens when you walk into a retail store and they're like, Hey, can I help you find anything? No, I'm good. I'm good. But what if you actually like did know exactly what you wanted, but you don't know where it was? You're just going to walk aimlessly around the store because you don't want to get sold. It's a pre-programmed response that comes from years and years and years of sales, right? And, and yeah. old school sales, yeah. right? The old school sales where you get shamed into buying, you get buyer's remorse, things like that. That's not what I'm talking about by any means. I talk about using Socratic dialogue, asking first, second, third level questions, understanding their emotional pains and emotional whys, and using that to, to craft a picture that says, hey, what's better, the hell that you're in right now or the heaven of your future opportunities? Yeah. And, then you, and then you show them the bridge, which is your solution. That's what sales is. Sales is not pushing someone into a product that they shouldn't be in. But if you, again, as the mortgage expert, know that this person qualifies, all that sort of stuff, and waiting six to 12 months could actually cost them thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars in in appreciation and things like that, and potential costs because we don't know what rates are going to be like. There's a whole slew of things, right? There's a there's a cost of waiting. So, like, why are we letting the consumer decide when they don't know any of those things? Well, well, that goes back to intent, impact, and authenticity. Of course. I mean, like, there are markets where you'd say, "Hey, like, if I'm being authentic and I live in, I don't know, I'm I'm just making this up. Let's say Vegas." And I know that the, the values in Vegas are overinflated by 10%. We know historically they're going to drop. We see some indicators. We go, hey, next couple months, it's probably going to drop. Me being the authentic guy is going to say, Luke, here's the deal. Like you love Vegas. I love Vegas. We really want to live in Green Valley. And that market is pretty unique. However, it looks to be overinflated by about 7%. Here's what we think will happen in the next six to 12 months. But let's do the math and just see how that pencils out. Right now, you start to educate and really give these people the answers. Now they go, wow, that guy actually cares about me and what I'm doing. That's being authentic, right? Yeah. And that's not selling a guy a gym membership who, like, the thing he needs to do is, like, he probably needs to, like, get gym shoes first, <laughs> right? He's right. going to work out in his flip-flops. So I think that's really important, and it, it, it's a really good point. So, all right, closing this out, there's some themes that I, I'm hearing as a guy who's never bought online leads and is a, is, is a rookie here. First and foremost, having that plan in advance, committing to the plan and working the plan with a majority of that being like getting on the phone. Like it's your job or Zoom or whatever, but it's your job to have face-to-face -face or voice-to-voice -voice organic interactions with these people. Then once you do that, you have to ask probing good strategic questions. You have to have responses for those questions and their objections, right? And you got to be willing to play the long game. And if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to do those things, you have a system and you've, you've leveraged a third party who can help you get there quicker, sooner, faster, more successfully convert at 3%, not 1%, right? Because that matters when you're in, in our business making five to $15,000 a deal. Right, right, exactly. Well, in closing, man, what would you say for those out there who maybe they tried it before, maybe they've never tried it, they don't really know where to start, 
but they know that like it resonates where they're like, they go, yeah, you know, he's right. I would love to have 30% of my business coming in from something that I control because what we haven't talked about, and that's probably another podcast is having that lead that you can then give to a referral partner. Yes. There's even more power in that. And so now right. that lead that I'm getting paid on, I'm not only getting paid on that lead, that's also an item of value, not, not, not a real item of value that it's a compliance violation, but it's an item of value to building a relationship. Right. Right. And then what does, and then you get more organic referrals, which yep. we would agree are easier on our end, right? Not overall. Somebody else has been working that lead for six to 12 months. Yep. So, yep. but what would that's you exactly tell that person it. that's, that's new or, or is resetting their mind on, on online lead gen? Well, here's what I'll say. Uh, if you are new, I don't suggest buying leads. Um, unless you somehow have, um, experience working leads in maybe a different industry. Maybe you came from car sales or something like that. Right. That would be the only sort of exception to the rule. The biggest thing again is, is you, you need long enough runway. Six, 12 months is kind of where you start to see the, the fruits of your effort. And if you aren't able to sustain that runway long enough, you're going to quit. And then you basically wasted money, right? Because like three months. Sorry is not going to be enough, especially if you're not doing, you know, if you're going to, if you're not planning on doing the work, don't buy leads. Uh, if you're not planning on calling six times, at least don't, don't buy leads. Um, if we typically like to work with people that are closing a million plus a month, honestly, okay. because again, we understand that it takes that amount of time. It takes runway. Um, it takes time before you start closing consistently. And as you said, the goal with consumer direct, at least the way I see it is not so much to get rich off consumer direct. It's to use it as leverage to gain more referral partnerships because like how many real estate agents have ever gotten a referral from a loan officer? Very, very, very few. Rare. And so if you're able to do that, again, we talk about this all the time. Loan, uh, real estate agents want one of two things. They want you to say, help them save time or they want you to help make more money. They don't care that you know guidelines. Yes, they say that because that's what they've been programmed to say. Yes, they say that they want you to answer the phone. Yes, because that's what they've been programmed to say. The truth is you should be doing those things anyway. That's your job. That is not the that is not your value proposition. That is your job. Do your job well. And if you want to compare yourself to the 80% of people that suck, fine. I want to be elite. So I'm never going to compare myself to the bottom 80%. I want to be I want to be the top 1%. And what does the top 1% do? They don't compare themselves to the bottom. They get better every single day. Right? I well, I'll close with this. I want to be a pro athlete playing a high school football game. That's easy right? You're winning. You, you win every time. And I think that comes down to, you know, knowing your craft, being committed, playing the long game, you know, being strategic with your, your finances so that you can invest in future revenue, Sure, right? Both of my grandparents were farmers and you had to plant the seed, water the seed and till that soil well before you ever got the fruits of your labor. And yet now, you know, we expect it to be different. We expect instant gratification. Yep. And the reality is that that's just not true. But if you work the process the correct way with the correct people, it can have an incredible result. Um, and I know you've seen this with your clients. Yep. Luke, if people want to reach out to you outside of Next Level, which they should, they should just go to becomenl.com, join Next Level, it's free. Luke is there with all of our friends and 2,500 plus other members. Outside of that, how do they find you? Yeah, so I'm on social media. Uh, I think I'm the only Luke Shankula out there. Uh, so if you uh, if you just look for me, I'm at L Shankula on Facebook. That's my main platform, but I I am posted on all the other platforms. You can reach out to me really anywhere. Uh, there's loansondemand.io 
or you can go to flipthestatusquo.com. That's a cool little uh, redirect like that goes that, man. Uh, to the same one. Yeah, because ultimately, right, like that's our goal is to help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents, not so that they're above them, but so that they are partners, true partners that are able to give back to their partners, right? And, and just have that different relationship. Uh, those are the main places you can find me. Um, again, I'm super active on, especially Facebook. Love it, man. Well, thank you guys for listening in. This was great. I learned a ton. Um, and it, it's sometimes what you should do. Maybe it's sometimes what you shouldn't do. Yep. And both are equally important. We'll see you guys on the other side. Thanks again, Luke. Thank you.